Well, good morning. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 5 through 13 this morning, focusing on verses 12 and 13. Can't help but pause for a moment and just be so thankful to the Lord for such a picture of His grace to us as we saw little Chaz Nelson receive baptism into the visible church. Uh, I know that uh, it hits me deep to know that the Lord's grace extends to us through adoption unto salvation. Now, as we come to Philippians chapter 2, we are continuing our study of the order of salvation. Now, the order of salvation we might call the process of salvation. That is, how it is that the accomplished work of Christ on the cross is applied to the life of believers. How is is it that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that was displayed on the cross in our salvation that was accomplished in His life, death, and resurrection comes to be applied to our lives? We've looked at election predestination, calling. We looked at regeneration, how the Spirit changes our hearts and causes us to be born anew. Faith and repentance, our conversion, when we turn to Christ in faith. We've looked at the doctrine of justification, how we are pardoned of all of our sins and accepted as righteous in God's sight only for the righteousness of Christ given to us through faith alone. We've looked at the doctrine of adoption, how God adopts us into his family, that we might be truly sons of God and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. Last week, we looked at the doctrine of sanctification, how we grow in our faith throughout our Christian lives. And this morning, we come to the doctrine of perseverance. Perseverance. How it is that we as Christians continue in the faith even to the end. So let us turn our attention now to the book of Philippians chapter 2 starting in verse 5. This is God's holy word for us, His people. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. This is God's holy word. Let us go to Him in prayer. Father God, we come to You now this morning. And we pray, O Lord, that You would reveal to us the truth of Your Word. For we know now we see in a mirror dimly, but one day we will see face to face. We pray in this hour that You would give us a clearer picture of the grace You have given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we might truly believe it and walk in the power of the Spirit. And we pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. I need a reason, motivation, a deep purpose if I'm going to go for a jog. When I was in high school, I ran cross country. But I only did it to get in better shape for basketball. When I was in college, I ran for a while, but it was only so that I could get in shape for my wedding day. And I have run on and off since that time, but it has been mostly off. Why? Well, I know it's good for me. I know it's a good way of maintaining a healthy weight and lifestyle, but when it comes down to it, running is hard. You see, the whole time I'm running, I'm thinking, this is never going to end. I'm never going to make it. When is it going to be over? Why am I doing this? Now, I assume that this need for motivation is why every beginner's guide to running says that the first thing you need to do if you want to run is to sign up for a race. If you want to run a 5K, then you need to sign up for a 5K, and then you will feel the pressure, the motivation, to get up each morning and torture yourself. If there isn't a day of reckoning, then you will most likely wake up one morning and convince yourself that it would be better just to stay in bed. It's natural for us to need motivation to endure. A reason to go forward when it is hard. In life, we all come to a point when we want to call it quit. It might be something that is physically healthy, like exercise that we want to quit. We might want to give up on our studies and say, you know, I've had enough of school. Every day, people get tired and just quit. They quit their job. They quit their diet, even their marriages. Sometimes things get so hard that people even want to quit on life or on God. When the future benefits of enduring are overshadowed by the present difficulties, we need motivation to go forward, to keep running the race. The Bible often speaks of the Christian life as a race. We are encouraged in Hebrews chapter 12, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
When Paul wants to encourage the church in Galatia, he says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And when Paul came to the end of his life, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is a reason that the Word of God tells us to count the cost before we dedicate to following Christ. The path that leads to eternal life, Jesus says, is narrow and hard. It is a race. It is a fight. It is a battle. It is a daily dedication to lay down your will and desires and pick up your cross and follow Jesus Christ in obedience. And on this path of following Christ, we have to ask, how will we be motivated to endure? When the path is harder than we can bear, when the stakes become too high, when the sacrifice is more than we anticipated, how will you get up the next morning, put on those running shoes and continue the race? Today we come to the doctrine of, of the perseverance of the saints. Perseverance means making it to the end, no matter how hard the road. And the saints are all those who have been truly united to Christ by grace through faith. Today we will explore the biblical truth of how it is that Christians make it to the end of their earthly life without quitting on God. And what we will see in our text for this morning is that God has ordained that every Christian will persevere in the faith until they are safely home with Christ. Again, God has ordained that every Christian will persevere in the faith until they are safely home with Christ. Though there will be struggles, Though there will be weakness and sin and hardship, all those who are united to Christ will persevere to the end. As the Lord Jesus says in John chapter 10, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hands. All those whom God has elected, called, regenerated, justified and adopted into his family will persevere to the end. In our passage, the first motivation that Paul gives to the church in Philippi to endure in their Christian race is the fear of God. The fear of God should give us the motivation to persevere in our obedience. Look down at verse 12 of your text. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. My dog, Bay, never eats off the counter when I'm in the kitchen. He obeys when I'm around. He properly fears me as his owner and he would not dare. But there have been countless muffins, 
slices of bacon, plates of pancakes and cheeseburgers eaten off the counter when I left that little scoundrel alone in the kitchen. You see, just like my dog, it's our tendency to obey well when someone we respect or fear can see us. And Paul understands that the church obeyed the word of God while he was present. But their tendency would be to slack off when his overwatching eye was not present. Right? When the coach is watching you, then you hold that plank position for a few more seconds. But when they turn their eye away, the knee goes down for a little rest. When there isn't proper fear of authority, we tend to slack off. But Paul says, continue to work out your own salvation even when I am not present because God is present. Continue to obey in the various aspects of your life because you are living before the very presence of God. That is what the phrase fear and trembling means. It means to live with proper respect to the ever-present power and authority of God. What motivation do we need to obey God even when no one is looking? To wake up and have our quiet time. To give when no one else sees. To fast and tell no one. To love our neighbor even when he's ambivalent or even despises us. It is the fear of God. It is the acknowledgement that our Creator and our Judge sees us. We are not to endure by way of eye service. Obeying just when the pastor is at your house. But we are to endure in our obedience to work out our salvation each day because God is watching us. There are those who would take the doctrine of perseverance and say it negates all motivation to endure in the Christian life. Right? For if everyone who professes faith in Christ will surely be saved in the end, doesn't that mean that our actions between the time that we profess faith and the time that we die don't really matter? Get your ticket to heaven punched and then you're good to go. It might be nice to do what is right, but in the end it really doesn't matter because you're going to end up in the same place. But the clear and consistent teaching of Scripture is that our actions do matter. That we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus says to His disciples in relation to continuing in the faith, He says, And because the lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. We must endure to the end. If we are to be saved, we must endure in the faith. We must continue. We cannot allow our love of God and of others to grow cold. We have to fight day in and day out. Perseverance is not a choice. It is not an option. The road is narrow. The way is hard. And those who endure to the end will be saved. 
God does not turn a blind eye to your life, to your disobedience or your obedience. Therefore, work out your salvation with fear and trembling before the ever-present eye of God. Run the race that is set before you with the motivation that those who endure to the end will be saved. Now at this point, you might be asking, wait a minute. I thought that perseverance of the saints meant that we can't lose our salvation. I thought it meant that those who are in Christ are eternally secure. And now you're saying I have to endure to the end to be saved? What happened to once saved, always saved? Let me be clear about two things. One, as we have just seen and is abundantly clear throughout Scripture, perseverance is not an option. The one who endures to the end will be saved. There is such thing as an apostate, one who professes Christ and then leaves him. But two, all those who truly believe in Christ will persevere to the end and will be saved. Christians must persevere and they shall persevere. None who are truly in Christ will be lost. Because they have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we must understand that His blood bought not only a moment of salvation, not only a moment of believing in Him, but the blood of Jesus Christ purchased a life of believing and obeying Him. You see, Christians must Persevere, but they shall persevere. Look down at verse 12 again and into verse 13 and see how Paul brings these two truths together. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? You have to persevere for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You shall persevere. What is the basis, the foundation, the theological underpinnings for working on our salvation? It is the work of God within us. For the text says, for it is God who works in you. The command to endure and persevere in the faith is rooted in the truth that it is God who is working in us. As Paul wrote earlier in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The reason that we work and strain forward, the reason that we take each step in the race isn't because we have confidence in our own work, but rather because we have confidence in the work of God Within us, we fight because we know God has won the battle. We run because we know Christ has finished the race. We endure because we know that the spirit has empowered us so that we shall make it to the end. And this work of God should motivate us to persevere 
in Christ. First, because He is changing our will to His will. Look at verse 13 again of Philippians chapter 2. He says, For it is God who works in you to will for His good pleasure. Through the act of regeneration, of causing us to be born again, and the work of sanctification, causing us to grow in holiness, the Spirit of God is changing our heart so that we will desire obedience. What was once objectionable to us is becoming our very desire. In Ezekiel chapter 36, the Lord describes the coming of blessing of the new covenant and these words. He says, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. What is the motivation that we will walk in obedience to the Lord day in and day out? It is that God's spirit is at work within you, changing your desires. It is His purpose to change your very will. Beloved of Christ, Bride of Jesus Christ, the Lord has shed His blood to cleanse you, to adorn you. He has given you a new heart. He has given you a new spirit, a spirit that desires to obey. Therefore, run the race set before you. Fight the fight knowing that you will Win. For if there is no will, if there is no desire, if there is no moving of the Spirit in your heart that is motivating you to cling to Christ in obedience, to endure in your Christian walk, then you need to take a serious look at your heart. You need to go before the Lord and you need to plead to Him, asking, Do I know Christ? Do I truly know Christ if there is no desire to obey, only to receive the benefits and not to obey the Lord Jesus Christ? You must call out to God. But if the Spirit has placed a desire for obedience in your heart, if there is even just the little tiniest spark of a fight in your soul, if there is a will to follow Christ, no matter how small that desire, even unto the size of a mustard seed, then know that you will endure. Draw motivation from this truth. It is the work of God within you that is changing your will. For the work of the Spirit is not isolated to one moment of faith, but rather the work is is evidenced in a whole life of seeking obedience before the Lord. For He will cause His children to endure to the end by changing their will to His will. On November 25th, 1980, Sugar Ray Leonard and Robert or Roberto Duran entered the boxing ring at the New Orleans Superdome for one of the biggest fights of the century. Duran was favored to win. He had won 41 straight fights in which 
one of them was a win over Leonard. But the fight was close. Throughout the night, the two exchanged blows round after round. The judges said that the match would have been decided by just a few points either way. But after eight grueling rounds, the unexpected, the unthinkable happened. Duran went over to the referee and said, no more. He just quit. He wasn't injured. He wasn't bleeding. There wasn't any physical reason why he had to quit. He was just frustrated and he had given up hope of ever ever winning and he just quit. I look at my life and while I'd like to say I have the endurance to never quit like this, to never walk away from obedience to Christ, the reality is I know that I don't have that power. And neither do any of us. Left to our own, we might put up a good fight for a few rounds, but we will all come to a point in our lives as as we seek to follow Christ where we will say, no more. I can't do it. It might be a sin that you can't seem to overcome in your life and you lose hope. You might have a thought a lingering doubt in your mind and you just can't get it out of your mind and so you just give up. Maybe there's a relationship in your life and it's wearing you down. Maybe you've dealt with a physical illness or pain for years and you just want to give up. Or maybe you are in the midst of a deep struggle with depression and the darkness that surrounds your heart and mind is so thick that you can't imagine going one more day. What motivation is there to continue in obedience to the Lord? We'll look down at verse 13 again. Why will you endure? Because it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. The motivation that we have to continue each day, even when we want to give in, is because God is working in us. Any good that we do, any obedience that we offer to the Lord, any act of love to God or to our neighbor is not our own work. It is the work of God within us. You rightly feel the weakness and the sinfulness of your own flesh when you despair of enduring That doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. You begin to try to pull up some weight off the ground. You know that you don't have the strength to do it. So how do you do it? What do you do? How do you approach an obedience that you know you can't perform on your own? Well, all those who are in Christ by faith grab hold of that weight and pull with all their might because they know it is God who is working within them. Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians. I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. The motivation that we have to endure is that we will make it. 
we will come to the end. God will not allow any who have been elected and regenerated and justified and adopted into his family to fail to finish the race. All of his sheep will make it home. None will be lost. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, says the Lord. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. Christian, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In obedience to God, submit to His will for your life. Obey His word. Humble yourself under His hand. Take up your cross daily. Fight the fight. Run the race. Strain forward. Endure to the end. For it is God who is at work within you. And He will bring you safely home. The doctrine of perseverance teaches us That all who are truly united to Christ will persevere to the end. But what it doesn't teach us is that everyone who outwardly professes faith will be saved. For there are many who will outwardly profess Christ, who will run for a time, but then will give up and quit And we have all known those who we believe to be Christians who rejected the faith, who went their own way. What about them? The Apostle John addressing a group of Christians who are struggling with this question about those who have left the faith. He writes in 1 John about these people. They went out from us. They left the faith. They quit the race. But they were not of us for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. Christ's sheep never leave the fold. Only wolves pretending to be sheep truly leave. Now, this does not mean that if you struggle, if you fall into temptation, if you wander for a period in your life, if you put off the things of Christ for a time that you do not belong to him. No. But that is why it's called endurance. Because the Christian race is hard. But we run holding on to and believing the truth that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is the motivation to persevere, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Christian, we work because we know that it is God who is at work within us, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Each step in the order of salvation is all of God's grace. We are not saved because we endure. Rather, what God's Word teaches us is that we endure because we are saved by the free grace of God and Jesus Christ. So take the next step. In your Christian walk, run the race, knowing that God will bring you through the hardships of this world unto your heavenly.
home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you now thanking you that your grace does not stop at one moment of faith, but that you give to us your spirit that we might be conformed to the very image of your son, Jesus Christ. We pray, O God, that we would work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that you are working in us. May it be your good pleasure to conform us evermore and to the image of Christ. It's in His name that we do pray. Amen.